0: Welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane Podcast with your host, Eve Mayer. Join Eve and her guests each week as they discuss how to live a healthier, longer, and more fulfilling life through fasting, keto, and low-carb feasting. Hi, this is Eve. This is our very first episode of the podcast, Life in the Fasting Lane. I'm super excited, a little nervous, but I'm here today with Bridget and Levi. So we're going to start with introductions and they'll tell you a little bit about themselves. And then I'll tell you about my journey. This podcast is devoted to the discussion of intermittent fasting, extended fasting, keto diet, low carb eating, and basically tapping into all of your hotness and your health. Levi, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Levi Sauerbrei. I am online at Nerd Butler. I am Eve's business partner. I am Eve's life partner. I am Eve's husband. I am the one who kind of wrangles her around and and helps her get things done. And uh, I'm super excited to be here to talk to all of you about intermittent fasting, low carb, and keto. And Bridget, tell us all about yourself. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Hi, guys. My name is Bridget i um, Hardy. I have the pleasure of working for Eve and Levi as a refugee from corporate America. <laughs> um, that's my new brand, by the way.
1: I like it. Um, corporate refugee? This is refug- great.
2: Refugee from corporate America, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I eat low carb, I fast. Um, I can't wait to do more of this.
0: So Bridget and Levi have been taking this journey with me. Um, I have struggled with obesity my entire life. And I peaked at 300 pounds. I have had three bariatric surgeries for 24 years. I was obese. I tried calorie restriction exercise, everything um, you can possibly name. And for the first time in my life, I am healthy and at a weight I would like to be. I've been in the 180s, which is very exciting for me for seven months now. Um, But I'm a person who has struggled with obesity her entire life. Bridget and Levi also do low-carb and also do intermittent fasting. I'd like them to tell you a little bit about their history. Levi?
1: Sure. So um, unlike Eve, I played sports in school. I was in school. I was that annoying kid who was so skinny that I could eat everything and not gain any weight even when I wanted to. Um, I got through high school and into the military, and when I hit my mid-20s, um, all of a sudden the cheeseburgers weren't just falling right off my body like they had been before. So I put on a little weight, started a family, changing diapers, put on a little more weight, um, never got obese, but definitely slowed down from where I had been and, and wasn't as healthy. And there's a history of uh, stroke and some other medical problems in my family. So started paying a little more attention to that. And over time, I've been able to, through calorie restriction, uh, lose weight, Uh, I never really worried about what I was eating, but as I get older now, it's becoming more and more important um, to try and maintain muscle mass, to try and maintain a good body weight, to try and watch my my blood work a little more because I'm getting a little older now. So I started eating low carb um, as a way to sort of maintain health and to keep my weight from spiraling in one direction or the other every year or two.
0: So Levi... I want people to hear that
1: this show is
0: for a lot of different types of people. So I'm 44 years old. The highest I've ever been in weight is 300 pounds. I'm five foot six, five foot six and a half. I think I'm shrinking. Um, struggled with obesity my entire life. Um, Levi is a past athlete. How old are you, Levi?
1: I am also 44 years old.
0: And what is the highest weight you've
1: ever been? Um, I was 230 pounds at one point. Um, Yeah, 2.30. Okay. And that was in my late 20s probably.
0: And where are you at now?
1: Right now I'm at 193, 194, something like that. I've, I've been as low as, as an adult, I've been as low as like 175.
0: So Levi, middle-aged, super hot fella, um, you know, past athlete, struggled gaining weight when he was young, myself, middle-aged, super hot lady, um, and then we have Bridget, who is young and vital and also super hot, so you don't have to reveal your weight, I didn't, I didn't really no, tell people, we no. I weighed 188 pounds this morning, um, which I know, I'm sure like, for people who have been thin their whole lives, that sounds like a high number, but for myself, somebody who was in the 200s forever and 300 pounds, 188 sounds so damn hot. Like I basically feel hot. like I'm a supermodel. Um, but Bridget, tell us a little bit about your history with sure.
2: So I grew up um, in a very active family. My mom was and is a runner. Um, my dad is a cyclist and I grew up dancing, being active like 10 to 15 weeks in the studio. Um, it wasn't really until I graduated college that I was at my highest weight, which was 160, 165. And for someone who's five foot nothing, that's a lot of, of extra pounds for someone who's so short. Um, and I worked with... Um, I have worked with three nutritionists um, in my past. The first two put me on standard American diets and made me watch my fat intake and encouraged me to eat things like rice and whole grain pasta and things like that. Um, and uh, I lost weight just due to, to science and then um, always gained it back and never felt like I had true control of my weight or what I was eating. Um, then I started working with a third nutritionist who put me on a low-carb ketogenic diet um, and then encouraged me to do fasting, and Eve was the first um, person to introduce me to that, and I just feel lucky to have had that encouragement from um, her and Eve, um, and, and through, that, through those two things,
0: I'm down to like 135-ish. That's crazy. How old are you, Bridget? I am twenty-nine years old. So we're here to talk to the middle aged people and the young people (laughs) and the old people and all the people in between. No matter what you're dealing with, if you who is the show for? I think this show is for someone who does not feel like they're achieving their ultimate health and their ultimate hotness. Um, I think that's what we want to talk about and We are not doctors, we are partnered with some really smart doctors and really smart researchers, but we really want to talk about fasting and health and weight loss from a mental perspective, from ways you can change your life and actually not feel so crappy about yourself. Um, I think that the moment you make these decisions to accept who you are and where your body is at this very moment is the moment you get to stop suffering or stop dealing with shame. Um, and so those are a lot of things we want to talk about, you know, how does this affect people mentally, uh, the shame of being overweight, the, the frustration of just feeling like crap about yourself. It's something I've struggled with my entire life uh, about my physical well-being. And um, those are the things that we want to talk about. So all of us do a bit of fasting. So I'd like to talk a little bit about what kind of fasting each of us does. So I'll start with Levi.
1: Um, mine's pretty straightforward, 16-8. Uh, Skip, skipping breakfast, basically, um, and then the, the hardest part for me is trying really hard to eat in in these windows that we talk and we'll talk a lot more about that if, if, as we go along. But um, fasting for sixteen hours essentially means that you eat dinner and then you go to bed. You wake up, you skip breakfast, and you don't eat again until midday. And then you eat at midday, and then you don't eat again until dinner, and then you repeat the process all over again. Um, so. Skipping breakfast is really easy. Not eating between noon and dinner time is much more difficult for me. Um, I really want that two-in-the-afternoon snack. And it's at this point, it's a low-carb keto snack, right? It's, it's nuts or jerky or something like that. But not having that mid-afternoon boost is, is really tough for me. So I typically do 16-8, then I try and focus on not snacking. Every once in a while, I will do a 24-hour fast. And when I do that, I usually follow it by eating three or four times the following day. Um, to me, from, from what I've read and, and the science we've looked at, um, giving your body that interruption, that, that alteration in pattern is, is very useful. So um, I like 16-8. It's really easy to do, but every once in a while you've got to flip it around and, and kind of shock your body back into, into behaving the way you want it to.
0: And how many days a week do you typically do that?
1: I'll do 16.8. I might have one breakfast a week. I might do one or even two 24 hour fasts in a week. Sometimes I'll go two weeks without doing a 24. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw one in there just to, just to get things going. This all makes it sound much more methodical than it actually is. It's, it's more, I don't have a calendar. I don't have a schedule. Mostly I'll wake up and be like, hey, you know what? I have a lot of meetings today. I'm going to be running really fast, and I know that I'm not going to have time for lunch anyway, so why don't I just plan on making today a 24-hour fast? Bridget, tell us about your fasting schedule. Yes,
2: so like, Le- like Levi, I do 16-8. Almost every day. It's rare that I eat breakfast, and when I do eat breakfast, it's because sometimes I just want some bacon with my coffee. You
1: know, Um, (laughs) who doesn't want bacon with their coffee? That's totally reasonable.
2: Um, And I occasionally I will do a twenty four hour fast, maybe once a week, and then once in a blue moon I will do a thirty six hour fast, just like Levi said to mix it up. Uh, If I had my way, I would eat one meal a day. It's sometimes hard for me to. want to eat twice a day, which is a bizarre thing, and I never thought I would say that a year ago, Um, but my body
0: feels best when I eat one large meal um, in the evening. Wow, I didn't didn't know that. I still, after um, many, many months of fasting, have never experienced not wanting to eat ever. (laughs) Um, I'm a really great eater. It is definitely one of my favorite, and at times my favorite activity in life. Um, So my fasting schedule is very similar to Levi's. We're married. We live together. And so we've kind of developed this together and it's most days, 16, 8, and then probably one day a week I'll have breakfast because yes, bacon, although we eat bacon all day long. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. So um, it used to be kind of a struggle. Now it just seems pretty normal. Today, I'm particularly hungry, so I'm watching the clock. It's a, you know really early. I see that it's like 43 minutes left until I get to eat at noon, so I'm just like watching every moment of it. <laughs> um, and so I get like that sometimes. But now it's pretty second nature to not eat breakfast. I do have two coffees in the morning, uh, and I really look forward to them and depend on them. And then at noon, it is just on. I, I feel the same way about Levi. Like I really want that snack at 3 o'clock, and sometimes I do have it. Um, and then we typically eat dinner at six. I try not to eat past eight o'clock. If I do, I don't feel as good. Um, and then I'm starting this new thing, which I started, uh, a couple days ago, which is we don't eat Wednesdays. So when we don't eat Wednesdays and by we, I mean me, um, apparently I've got a lot of personalities going on here is just, I'm just not going to eat on Wednesday. Like I've been trying to figure out how to increase my fasting And instead of getting into like some complicated schedule and adding all these things, I'm not ready to do three days a week yet. So I just think if like we don't eat Wednesdays, I just won't eat on Wednesdays, which will give me a 36 hour fast. So it's kind of weird to think about when you say you're just not going to eat for one day, it doesn't sound like it's going to be 36 hours, but it actually is because I get to sleep for eight hours, then I don't eat. Won't well, wake. Then I sleep for another eight hours. Boom, thirty-six hours. I can have breakfast that next morning. So that will probably be the one day of the week on Thursdays that I'll have breakfast. Um,
2: can I elaborate? On yeah, totally. That okay. So when I said that I like don't like to eat two meals a day, it's just because I prefer the way my body operates in a fasted state. My brain. Is firing I get better workouts I don't have the brain fog that you normally do so yeah I love eating of course I would love to eat two meals but my body functions better when I'm fasting
0: the truth is my body also functions better when it's fasting but I guess much like people who really like alcohol I really like eating so I still freaking eat even you like the like,
1: activity yes activity.
0: I like the taste of food I like the way my tummy feels after but the truth is I can speak better, I can work better, I can do everything better in a fasted state, which I never realized. I just always thought I'd feel like crap. And so, if this is brand new to you and you're considering trying fasting, um, a couple things. It, it's a muscle that you build up over time. I completely did not understand that, and I did a lot of stupid things that you should learn from my mistakes on. Um, but over time, it just gets easier. And once you get past the new feelings, a lot of people just feel better when they're fasting. I do. Bridget does. Do you feel better when you're fasting?
1: Yeah, it depends on the activity a little bit, but um, I mean, there, there's we always joke about food coma, and I, you know, I've introduced Eve to the term meat sweats, which she was unfamiliar with. That's more of a Midwestern, you know, you eat all the ribs, and then you get the meat sweats and the shakes. Um, that's bad. (laughs) We we know that now. You do that once a year maybe. But um, yeah, I do feel better when when I've been fasting. I definitely do better at the gym when I've been fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of the things we're going to talk about in future episodes and and on the website, and the reason we're doing all of this in the first place is to help uh, people understand, like we want to help understand the science behind it. And we'll have some amazing guests and guest posts on the blog Um, from really well-respected scientists and medical professionals on this topic. But the other part of it is the thing that Eve discovered when she really started fasting and and not making food the centerpiece of your daily routine. If you don't eat for a day, so we don't eat Wednesdays, between – planning your meal, shopping for the food, preparing the food, eating the food, cleaning up afterwards, and then getting ready for the next meal, you suddenly have all of this time back in your life. And so it's, it's, it's an emotional transition to say, well, I don't have to make breakfast, so what am I going to do with that 30 minutes? I don't have to do the dishes. What am I going to do with that 30 minutes? Because all of a sudden, you have like two or three or more hours back in your life that you have to now fill with something other than food. And if you don't have a way to do that, fasting is so much harder because what you find is you just end up sitting at the kitchen table in the morning, staring at the refrigerator going, what the hell is happening? Because I don't have anything to do right now.
0: Yeah. And for a person who's from South Louisiana where like eating is, the center of life for most people. And, and my family, it certainly was, it was full of good cooks and great parties and celebrations. And those celebrations happened all the time. And that's what you did with your friends. And, and that's just what you did. You ate. And, and all of the happy memories I have um, usually involve cake and crawfish and beer. Um, and so it's, it's kind of hard to make that mental adjustment to, to focusing on other things in life. It you know in the culture I grew up in. Like, did you grow up with food being a huge part of I, life?
2: I did, but you know, we um, we always ate a, a balanced diet. We mm-hmm. never, my parents never fried food. Um, we never really had desserts around, so we didn't eat an ideal <laughs> diet. But
1: Eat um, is appalled. I just yeah, can't understand
2: <laughs> We just didn't. Well, both my parents were very active, right? Yeah. So they they had a somewhat of an idea of what good nutrition was, um, with the exception of fat being good for you, right? So, um, we just didn't really, I didn't grow up that way. Um, what, what fasting has taught me was, is that if you cannot eat in in a country where, Um, you are told to eat three meals a day and two snacks if you cannot eat for a day or eight hours or whatever like the amount of control and self-confidence that you feel is incredible like if I cannot eat for 24 hours what what else can I do that I don't know about you know and I also Mm -hmm. think that fasting has helped me you know I really want that donut oh but if I cannot eat for 24 hours I don't need that donut I just feel like it has given me an element of control
1: one of the things and and we'll say this over and over again in the future i'm sure but this is not for everyone like eve talks all the time Mm -hmm. about it you know your health is your personal journey and and we kind of get this guidance from uh government agencies from medical professionals all over the place but the guidance is sort of a mass market guidance right like here's what we think and it sounds like what we think everyone should do, but I think even medical professionals would tell you like every metabolism is different, every body type is different. So this is working for us and we hope that it will work for you. And if it doesn't, we sincerely hope that you find what does work for you. But what I tell Eve all the time is because in, in my journey, I would put on weight and then I would take off weight deliberately and then I would not pay attention. I'd put on some weight and I would, what I say, the analogy I use, I would pull a lever and the lever I usually pulled was the eat less lever. I would pull that lever and I would lose some weight and then it would come back. Um, and I tell Eve all the time, and to Bridget, your point about having control of your life is we're looking at all these levers now. And to us, fasting is just another one that we have that we can pull when we need to. So I'll pull the 24 hour fasting lever and that will change things for me in a positive way. Um, or I'll, you know, we'll, we'll pull the 16 8 lever and we'll do that for a while. Um, I do the same thing with my fitness routine. So I've been lifting a lot of weights, and it's really fun. Like I'm bulking up, just like I always wanted to do, and I could never do when I was skinny. Um, and that's fun. But now my body's giving me some signals, like, "Oh, you're you're old, and your back hurts, and you probably shouldn't do that for a while." So I'm going to pull a different fitness lever for a while. But having that control is is a pretty amazing thing. And the part of the other part about fasting is that it requires. Zero equipment, zero medication. It requires no special treatments and no special medical professional. You don't need a prescription to not eat. Um, so it's a really powerful tool that is probably worth trying out.
0: And, and it helps you save money. It does. And it if you save, save money. enough money and get crazy hot, you can buy a red suede jacket <laughs> like Bridget is rocking today and making look amazing. To be clear, it is a yes. vegan. Sweet. Vegan, vegan, Jackson. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Wow. I don't know how that happens, but it totally happens. So, um, if you are tuning in because you are curious about fasting and you're like, "Hey, where should I start?" Um, we are partnered with Dr. Jason Fung, and the book that opened all this up to me is called The Obesity Code. So, my suggestion would be if you're curious about fasting and you want to buy a book, I would suggest The Obesity Code first. Um, if you don't have the money to buy a book or you don't want to just Google online, Dr. Jason Fung, I think it's a great place to start. Watch the video, see what you think and start small. Try one little thing. It could just be, I'm I'm not going to snack anymore. It could be, I'm going to skip breakfast this one day. Start small. Don't get crazy and and do silly things. Like I will expand on what I did later.
1: First episode of the podcast, and we are going to refine our presentation and our speaking styles as we go along. But we're so excited you guys just wanted to join us. We hope you will come back again and and check out future episodes.
0: And we hope that you will visit us at fastinglane.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We talk about intermittent fasting, extended fasting, eating keto, Feasting, getting your head right, low carb. And Bridget, where can they find us other than the website? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at at FastingLane. So until next time, to your health and happiness. Thanks, everybody. Hang on, let's let's
1: hear. I'm let Bridget introduce herself. I was going
0: to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Should yeah, we go. start over? Okay. Let's start over. From the very beginning? I don't know. I'm totally lost now.